What are the three key fantasy football questions facing the 2023 Buffalo Bills ahead of training camp? It's time to break down that team right here and right now as we look for answers again on Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. We're waiting for training camp. It's uh, July, almost here. We're going to wait a few more weeks, and all teams will be reporting and getting ready for the preseason and, of course, the regular season and uh, rev it up for fantasy football. Here, we took a little bit of a break, but we broke down before that all NFC teams yep 16 teams we try to answer the key questions for fantasy football for all those teams we started with the nfc east went in alphabetical order by city name all the way through the nfc west now we're going to do the same exercise with all the teams in the afc so 16 to go here to break down for you our new division that will start today the afc east that means we will explore the Buffalo Bills first, a very intriguing team, of course, with Josh Allen at the helm, high-scoring offense, one of the better teams overall in the AFC. So a lot of question marks, however, we want to answer that are not related to Josh Allen. So we'll do that for you here as best we can, provide insight in what we can expect from the Bills' offensive skill players that are not their quarterback here in 2023. Thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen today, every day, or so that means uh, we'll have another team up for you tomorrow. That would be the Miami Dolphins. So we're going to continue the series. If you missed any of the NFC teams, check it out in our archives. We're going to move forward with the AFC over today. And a lot of uh, intrigue over this uh, new Buffalo Bills-looking offense. So let's dive right into it. First off, we're not going to ask a question about Josh Allen. He's a stud. He's amazing. I think he might run a little less, but uh, that is still going to keep his – value rather high an elite quarterback right up there with Patrick Mahomes and what he can do on the field with Jalen Hurts so a lot of uh, elite sense with Josh Allen still he's in his prime he's going to produce again but we got to ask our first question about the Bills of backfield what can we expect James Cook's role to be in relation to newcomer Damian Harris so They've talked about, of course, Dalvin Cook, that's James' brother, but why would you go after Dalvin? He's an older running back. James has some of the same qualities. He's a good receiving back. This is a pass first team, throws more than 65% of the time. You add Damian Harris, you lose Devin Singletary here. So Harris basically replaced Singletary, who signed in free agency, did not get a contract to return to Buffalo. He goes to Houston. You have 196 available carries. That seems like a lot, but when you break it down, it's pretty simple. Devin Singletary had 177 carries last year, 17 for Zach Moss. He moved to Indianapolis, and that's WAP for Naeem Hines. So he was on the team for most of the year, but he was gone there. So really, you're looking at replacing what Devin Singletary had in the backfield, 177 Carries. Now let's look at Devin Singletary's scoring from last year in his final year as a Bill. He finished as RB24, so the last RB2 on the board when you're looking at 12-team half-point PPR leagues. When you look at the average, however, points 
per game and half-point PPR, 34th. So more of a flex play, Singletary was. It wasn't uh, great, we know, for what we had with Damon Harris. He struggled in New England in his final season there. He finished as RB48, so he was the last RB4 on the board. Finished as RB50 in average points per game. A lot of it due to his injury issues and a complete takeover there by Ramondre Stevenson in New England. So that also led to Damian Harris a diminishing role on top of his lack of durability. And eventually that cost him out of New England. And you look at James Cook, the returning Bills back RB44 last year in terms of overall scoring and half-point PPR. He was much lower than that, well into the 50s there in terms of the average scoring. So he was not very reliable. We know it. Singletary was... Again, a borderline RB2 slash flex play that we had. So interesting, the biggest thing that we leave behind here, the 38 catches vacated by Devin Singletary. That's a big part of also their vacated targets. He had 1,099 yards from scrimmage and 60 TDs. So that's essentially what's available. There's some other yards available. Those would be the running numbers of Josh Allen. So you figure his rushing yard is going to go down from 762, which is a gaudy number, but you're looking at maybe still getting well over 500 yards rushing, seven TDs for Allen on the ground. They're probably going to reduce that a little bit. So probably another three or four TDs available from Josh Allen's uh, part there. And then you look at what uh, James Cook did last year, 687 yards from scrimmage, three TDs. Right now he's ranked as RB32, so well into the flex range and half-point PPR. You have Damian Harris at RB38. This is according to expert consensus on Fantasy Pros. So Cook is definitely seen as a guy ahead of Harris. Cook is listed ahead of Harris on the depth chart. Now, a big part of Cook's game, we know, is the receiving skills. And he might actually be a better receiver than his brother Dalvin, maybe not as adept as a power runner, but when you look at James Cook, I think that's his specialty, and they want to use him more in that capacity. Jamie Harris, not so much. Stevenson was the better finisher, explosive back, and pass catcher in New England. And we had James White before then, so this is not Harris's role. So he's not going to cut into much of that receiving work. And again, you have those six touchdowns, and we say, okay, Cook had three of his own. You have a few more from Allen that are going to go there. So Cook, you figure that number is going to go up. So Damon Harris is really going to be dependent a little bit on the power running and the touchdowns a little bit more and cutting into Allen's total. That's where his numbers are going to mainly come from. But there's a direct path to Cook's numbers with those receptions. That's going to help him in half point PPR. So I'm not saying he absorbs everything that we saw that Singletary provided, but a good chunk of that could be there. So when you add it up, I mean, it was quite a bit. I mean, it would have pushed him close to – Really, 1,900 scrimmage yards if you add what Singletary did to what Cook did last year and pushing double-digit TDs with nine. So there's definitely some upside there. Again, Harris is probably going to be the power back and the guy that finishes a little bit more, taking pressure off the power running of uh, really Josh Allen near the red zone. I don't think these uh, roles are necessarily crossing over. I think you could see Cook being more of the Stevenson here and also seeing a role expand. But I think he'll be a big part of their passing game. This is a pass-first team, so Harris probably getting fewer opportunities there. I think what helps is going to be more frequent use of 12 personnel to get a couple blockers on the field and go inside. Let's look at uh, the other backs. They have Latavius Murray is now a bill. He's trying to hang on to a roster spot behind Cook and Harris. You also have Naheem Hines uh, still in the mix in the return game, a little bit of receiving work. So Hines, I think, is less of a threat to what – 
Cook can do, where I think Murray can uh, punch into Harris a little bit with his short yardage veteran power work, and Harris also has some durability issues. So all that lines up to James Cook having that key role. So he's going to be a receiving forward back here. The touchdowns, we'll see how they play out, but I still think Cook is going to be more on the field than Harris. And again, Allen and Harris battling for the shorter touchdowns. I still think you could see James Cook get some of those as well in the red zone, really not just inside the 20, inside the 10, inside the five there with the opportunities to score. So really like James Cook here. I think he's going to pay off as a sneaky RB2. I think there'll be a little bit of separation for Harris. Harris, again, I don't trust him to stay on the field. I don't trust him necessarily to get all those scoring opportunities. You're really dependent on the Bills being at the goal line enough here to cut into Allen's number, but I, I just don't see that as much. So I look at a good number of receptions for Cook, a good healthy yards from scrimmage, getting over 1,000, and they're really kind of replacing Singletary as a little bit better version of an RB2 than Singletary. So that's how it lines up here. And Harris is going to be a scoring-dependent guy that you could see, but I'm not seeing this play out in the Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift situation for Detroit. So when you look at this, again, James Cook is the guy here for a reason. He's more dynamic. He's a reason I think they've not signed Dalvin Cook, especially when you have Harris as well in the mix for those uh, pure power situations to take the running pressure off Allen. So there you have a look at the first key question for the Bills. We do have more, and they're related to the receiving core for Josh Allen. We'll get to that. Stefan Diggs is the wide receivers. And look at the tight end. So we'll ask a tight end question with uh, nothing to worry about with Josh Allen here on the Bills in 2023. Now, it's a great time of year in the MLB. We're getting close to the All-Star break. That means the action is heating up for the summer. It is now a great time to check out MLB betting on FanDuel. Take your first swing at it because you can get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200. You can spend betting on everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to be hitting the first home run in a particular game. It's all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It's easy. Sign up today, right now. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball and a sponsor here on the Locked On Network. Check it out. FanDuel.com slash locked on to get that special bonus bets offer now. Only at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. It is time to continue the show and ask another key question for fantasy football revolving around the 2023 Bills. And our second question is, after Stefan Diggs, who can you trust in the Bills wide receiver core for fantasy football production? Well, let's look at it. 157 vacated targets on this team. Let's see where they come from in a moment. But Stefan Diggs finishes wide receiver four in overall scoring. Very good in half point PPR. Wide receiver five in the average scoring per week. And wide receiver five is his ranking. So it all translates well there right now. He's 15th overall when you look at the bigger boards for half point PPR. So that says something that we still respect Stefan Diggs, despite his little tiff with the management there in the mini camp OTA period here. I think a little disappointed with the way things are going in this passing game. And here's why. I mean, look at last year. 
Yet Gabe Davis finishes wide receiver 27, so he finishes a wide receiver three. He was the last wide receiver three in the top 36 when you look at the average half-point PPR scoring for him, wide receiver 36. He's being ranked lower than that, however, now wide receiver 42. Now, when you look at the vacated targets, important to remember that, again, we talked about the, the key receiving role for James Cook in the first segment. Well, Singletary, Devin Singletary, had 52 of those vacated targets so that's going to be a chunk there that's going to go to cook now we look at isaiah mckenzie as being the key player lost here he had uh, 65 targets last year in the mix jameson crowder had 13 you have khalil shakir returning he had 20 targets it's very hard to trust anyone here in this receiving core at wide out because look you get more catches for cook You'll probably get more 12 personnel. That means you'll have a lot of Diggs and Davis on the field. So maybe lesser opportunities for Khalil Shakir. They're very thin in this receiving core behind those guys. They have no more McKenzie, no more Cole Beasley. They are working on some other guys, including the rookie Justin Shorter. So there's not a lot here to say that they're going to go in this direction to really focus on wide receivers much. And again, Shakir may not be on the field enough there to get the necessary targets to produce there as an inside slot. And Davis is too big. He's a 6'2", 225. He's built to play on the outside as a speed threat, as you saw last year. A lot of his production tied to one big game where that long touchdown last year. So he's not a candidate to play in the slot to be reliable. There, Shakir is at 6'0", 190, but he's still inexperienced here. And I don't think he can translate his production there to the level of Isaiah McKenzie. And it's been hard, right, for the Bills to sustain two wide receivers in fantasy. Last year was the first time we had another viable guy that you would put in your starting lineups in most weeks rather than not with Gabe Davis. But even Davis was very volatile, right? He blew up in a couple games, but really disappeared in most of the other games and didn't live up to the expectations with his targets. But I think it was still healthy that you got a wide receiver three behind Diggs, who's such a dominant target-eating wide receiver one. So that alone was special, but I think that ends this year. I don't think there's any other wide receiver I'm going to be excited to be drafting for the Bills. Now, Shakir has some intriguing talent. Gabe Davis was overhyped last year. We know why, because he had that massive playoff game against the Chiefs that kind of carried him over, and then he had one of those type games in the regular season. Otherwise, he was just a very limited big play threat. I think they were a little disappointed in him overall, and that's why they pivoted a little bit from the wide receivers. And Shakir was okay, but nothing special there that we saw with his uh, limited opportunities as a rookie coming off injury. So they do want to maybe change the way they approach this offense a little bit. So really, I'm going to say no wide receiver on this team is worth going after. I think you're stretching a little bit to go after Gabe Davis. He's no more than a bench player, as we see here at wide receiver 42. Don't try to get cute. Don't think he's going to have a big year after he was disappointing. Don't call him a post-hype sleeper. There's just no evidence of that here. We saw plenty from Gabe Davis. He's a one-trick type of receiver. Stretches the field, uses size well, but he's not going to be consistent with his routes and hands to say Josh Allen's going to look and feel comfortable with him. He likes those guys that can run routes, be open quickly, and make those quick catches. That's why he like McKenzie. That's why he loves Stephon Diggs and going on forward with that. So, again, I just don't see any wide receiver here that I'm banging the table for that one get involved and maybe that's why Diggs is a little frustrated Josh Allen trying to work through it as well because again they said they want to run less with Allen maybe have him put the ball in the air but I think how they'll just throw a little bit more to James Cook run a little bit more with Damian Harris and find a different type of receiver to work in most behind Stefan Diggs and really their next productive receiver tight end Dawson Knox so we will reveal that receiver as you can guess uh 
who it might be. It's definitely a rookie we're going to watch here on the Bills and whether he's a hot enough sleeper here. So we'll break him down in the final segment here as we look at the Bills pass game, the three key questions for fantasy football in Buffalo in 2023. Thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen today. Every day, again, we'll look at the Miami Dolphins, so followed by the other two teams of the division, very intriguing, uh, Mac Jones and New England Patriots, as well as Aaron Rodgers and the, and the New York Jets. Those will be coming up next here as we break down the teams in order again. 16 down with all the NFC teams. We'll have one AFC down today and 15 more to go here. So, again, inside all offseason long to help you dominate your regular season and your drafts here in fantasy football. It's part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day as well. All right, it is time to close the show and look at the last question here. Dalton Kincaid, the rookie first-round pick, is he a hot sleeper? Should we go after him in fantasy? And what a job that Dawson Knox might have in this offense. So let's look at it here. Dawson Knox finished pretty solid last year. Tight end 11 in terms of overall scoring, tight end 14 and average half point PPR scoring. So he definitely was right there among the tight end ones, whether you're looking at a 12 team standard league or a little bit of deeper league to go to 14. He was a viable starter for many leagues last year. He's ranked however at tight end 19. That's because you enter Dalton Kincaid into this mix. First round pick out of Utah, tight end 21 on the board in fantasy football. So very interesting. Again, we look at what we had last year. A lot of the slot work there was Isaiah McKenzie. He was in there for 64% of the time. Khalil Shakir, 47% of the time. Not a lot there spent by Gabe Davis. So it's also departure because it's a big slot. 6'4", 240 stands Dalton Kincaid. And really, he's a super athlete. And I think we're getting around to why the Bills drafted him, that they saw him more as a pure wide receiver. And that's how I think that he'll be used. So it's going to be interesting. I think it's a little bit of a combo of 11 personnel, 12 personnel because of the versatility of Kincaid. And I think the Bills are trying to add a different dimension to their offense. And that's what you're seeing right now in 2023 develop. So they definitely are looking at Don Kincaid using him as the big slot. So that's not good news for Khalil Shakir. Probably not good news, good news for Gabe Davis. That means you'll have now Knox and Kincaid in the middle of the field playing off digs. So the answer to the previous question is kind of related to this one. Who steps up after digs? Who do you trust a wide receiver? Well, it's really not a wide receiver. And we'll see if Kincaid gets a dual position ability. I think he's still listed as tight end. He's considered tight end. He's a move athletic tight end in the Mark Andrews vein, but Mark Andrews is still tight end. So however you look at it, Dalton Kincaid should be eligible only there. And Dawson Knox, again, the shine is off a little bit with Kincaid in the mix, especially, again, if Kincaid can operate kind of sliding over as a tight end, kind of sliding over as a big slot, playing over and being involved right behind Diggs and Knox. Again, the key part is can he be in the top three in considered targets here for the quarterback? And we're going to watch Josh Allen carefully here. Now, it usually takes a year before rookie tight ends adjust. But, again, Kincaid's a little bit different because of versatility, being a bit of a hybrid wide receiver if they work him in here. So, Good opportunity. He's never going to be double covered. Knox in the two tight end sets is going to get some attention. Diggs, we know, is the number one target that teams are going to take away from Josh Allen still. So all kinds of good stuff here to look at for Donald Kincaid. So the opportunity is open here, especially when you look at Kincaid being their big slot and those 64% of the slot targets, McKenzie leaving behind Shakir almost half the time there. So that gives an opportunity to line up someone there. When that person is gone, 
And we look at McKenzie, what did he have? 65 vacated targets. So that is an opportunity right there to cut into it, especially if he can also work Kincaid into a bit of Dawson Knox's looks here in the 12 personnel looks that are going to also look like 11 personnel. That's the beauty of what the Bills were trying to do here. So again, Dalton Kincaid, I didn't love the pick at first because I didn't know how they were going to fit him. And still, I hope they use him in the right way. But you did have a Pro Bowl tight end in Dawson Knox. So really maybe changing the course of this offense to be a little bit more versatile here and create matchup problems that uh, didn't exist there in those big matchups against the Chiefs and Bengals in the playoffs in recent seasons. So I'm going to say Don Kincaid is a hot sleeper. I'm going to definitely draft him over Knox in a lot of leagues as a sleeper to watch tight end too, especially if I don't have one of those bang the table for reliable every week tight end ones. So definitely that's where we're looking at hot sleeper. And again, answering that question is it going to be someone at wide receiver steps up behind Diggs? No, I think you'll have Dalvin Cook. And now Dalton Kincaid, or looking at James Cook, I should say, their second-year running back. And Dalvin is a guy that uh, is not probably going to be in the mix here, but you look at James Cook and Dalton Kincaid being the key receivers here that are going to cut in and be right there behind Stefan Diggs for key production in Buffalo. So there you have it. There's a breakdown of the three key questions surrounding the Buffalo Bills as they head into training camp. We'll look at the Miami Dolphins. They have some uh, questions that we do want to explore. That'll be the team up on next show. Thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Every day we will have the complete look at the AFC East as well as all the divisions there for you before we get into training camp uh, all coming up in, in late June and July. And so we're really looking forward to breaking every team down here. So now we have 17 down, 15 more to go. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen. This has been Vinny Iyer. We'll catch you next time with a look at your 2023 Dolphins.